You are now listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything that's anything with your hosts, David and Brenda. Now, let's get to talking about this and that. Coming to you again from Podcast Land Studio, this is Brenda, also known as Miss Brenbren. And this is David, a.k.a. Dr. David, a.k.a. The Professor. And this is your popular podcast known as This, this and, and that. that. We are happy to be with you again. Today is May 11th, 2019, and this is episode 15. It is Mother's Day Eve here in the United States, and this is our Mother's Day tribute podcast episode. Now remember, just because we're doing this today, every day is Mother's Day. So, but because the second Sunday in May is considered the day of celebration for Mother's Day, we thought it would be very special to do a Mother's Day tribute. Absolutely. And um, Mother's Day has an interesting uh, origin story, if it were a, a superhero, the oldest Mother's Day that I, I could find doing research on this goes back to the 16th century, and it was an English tradition where the fourth day, fourth Sunday rather, during the Lent period, Lenten period, was called Mothering Day, and it originally had nothing to do with mothers. It just meant one went back to the quote-unquote mother church, meaning the church in which the person was christened, brought up with, etc., and you would go back there. And then slowly over time, that morphed into a tribute to mothers and then into Mother's Day in the UK. Now in the US, uh, Mother's Day it was founded by Anna Jarvis, who in uh, Grafton, West Virginia, back in the early part of the 19th, uh, 20th century, rather, founded... Mother's Day, and I believe the first Mother's Day was in 1908. It was a tribute to her own mother that she did in the church there in Grafton. She pushed for legislation. Uh, the Congress at the time turned that down. To make a long story short, President Woodrow Wilson in 1914 created an executive order and proclamation making Mother's Day a U.S. national holiday, and the rest is history. Yes, and the rest is history. And again, remember, Mother's Day should be every day of the calendar year, but we'll take the second Sunday in every May to pay special tribute. Now, before we get further into um, our podcast, why don't we give a shout out like we normally do to those that are among the many that are listening to us. So again, shout out to all of our listeners including those in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, Ashburn, Virginia, Ferndale, Washington, Bridgeport, West Virginia, and if we go international, Beirut, Lebanon, and uh, Mann, Germany. And of course, a very special shout out to those in the military, both here and, and in, the, in the U.S. and abroad, who are listening to us because we are very appreciative of your service 
and the fact that you are taking the time to listen in to us on our This and That podcast. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for your service. And also, thank you to your sacrifice and the sacrifice of the uh, military dependents as well. We don't want to forget them. Right, and we don't want to get forget the civilian support groups that are with you as well. Yeah, too true. Since individuals all across the U.S. and international are listening to us on demand, because, of course, that means you can listen to us at any time, anywhere. How on demand can folks tune in to listen to us? Well, they can find us on our home base, so to speak, of SoundCloud. They can also find the podcast through iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts. We're also available on the uh, Stitcher platform, Spotify, Google Play Music, uh, TuneIn, and we're also available through uh, Alexa-powered voice-assisted devices. And if you want to email us, you can email us with story ideas, suggestions, comments, in addition to if you have any questions about how to listen to us on demand. Drop us an email address, uh, email at this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. That's this, the letter N, that, at sign, aboutgreatercincinnati.com. Again, that's this, the letter N, that, at sign, aboutgreatercincinnati.com. We look forward to receiving emails from you like we occasionally do, so keep them coming. Now, let's get into um, our topics for episode 15. What are they going to be? We're going to start as we normally do with uh, the hot topic. And for that, we will be uh, going overseas. Then we will get into uh, a You Should Know. And this has to do with animal adoptions across species. So these are mother animals that end up adopting animals from other species. And we'll, we'll talk about that a bit. And then we have um, an extra long words of wisdom tied to our Mother's Day theme and tributes. Okay, so it sounds like we got an extra special episode today. We do indeed. So let's get going. And now, please rise, remove your hats, place your hands over your hearts as we play the National Anthem. Wait a minute. Why are you playing My Country Tis of Thee? That's not the U.S. National Anthem. Well, that wasn't My Country Tis of Thee. It wasn't? No. That was 
God Save the Queen. Really? Yes, that is the UK's national anthem. And depending who's sitting on the throne, they change the noun to be either king or queen. So right now it's God Save the Queen. Ah. But it is the same melody, uh, My Country Tizzity, that is, is the same melody as God Save the Queen. After independence, uh, they that was appropriated and it was you know a way to thumb their nose at King George instead of uh, saying God Save the King and having... Having those lyrics, they came up with My Country Tis of Thee, and it was a kind of de facto national anthem for a while until um, the Star Spangled Banner became the national anthem in 1931. Wow, who knew? So I was playing that in tribute to new mom, Meghan Markle, now known as, I guess, the Duchess of Sussex. And um, she gave birth as... Everyone knows our hot topic to a uh, healthy boy just this past week. And his name is, of course, very regal and very royal. I don't know about that. (laughs) Okay, so what's his name? Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor. Oh, like I said, very royal. Archie is not royal. I'm being funny. Thank you very much. (laughs) Very royal indeed. And it's going to become a very popular name now that there is someone in the royal family named Archie. Uh, Absolutely. We know that um, Meghan has become very popular. It's moved up the list ever since Meghan Markle burst on the international scene and uh, married uh, Harry. Oh, and that's popular in the U.S. Yes. Because according the, to Social Security records, Megan has become very popular in the U.S. And there is this um, expectation that Archie is going to become very popular in the years to come. Yes. Now, um, speaking of the name Archie, again, not royal. It doesn't sound royal. And it is also literally not a royal name. Uh, Folks went back through the British records that they've been keeping since 1066 and the Norman Conquest, and there's been no monarch, in fact, no prince, whatever, named Archie. You have to to find like some way, way distant, somebody who's got some peerage named Archie. It's so inconsequential. They're not even in the British, um, that, that British lineage book, because they're nowhere near the throne. Well, like I said before, it's going to become a very royal name. I, I, I don't disagree with that. Don't disagree with that. Now, does he have a title? No, he's, he's not a prince. He's seventh in line to the throne, but um, because Harry is not in line directly. He's not the oldest. That is William. Uh, he is not a prince, and if they have a little girl or another another child, they're not going to be a princess or a prince or whatever. Now, apparently, he's uh, he, Archie, qualifies to use this second title from Prince Philip, Philip uh, meaning the uh, Earl of Dunbarton, but Meghan and Harry have said, no, they're not going to do that. Well, and Earl of Dunbarton doesn't even sound I good would, anyway. I wouldn't go with that either. So. <laughs> but I think if it was a cool-sounding 
you know, title, they probably wouldn't use it anyway because they they are trying to be like the unroyals. So, and they're doing a really doing good, a very job good job of being the unroyals. <laughs> yes. The royal unroyals. Exactly. Now, Archie means uh, genuine, bold, or brave, if you look up the meaning of the word. And it's more popular in Britain than it is in the U.S., and apparently, very recently, within the last 20 years, it used to be a shortened firm of Archibald, but now folks just use the, the name Archie. And don't, it doesn't, it's not short for Archibald. The child's name is Archie, and then this is the case with their child, Archie. There's no kind of Archibald or whatever. Um, also, as folks know, there's Archie Comics here in the U.S., and there's the Riverdale series that's on the uh, CW as well. So Archie's out there. Well, yeah, gaining it, momentum. It may be out ways. there gaining momentum, but right now you're not going to find too many guys named Archie. It's just not very popular. Right. When I think of most of the Archies I think of are fictional like Archie Bunker. Now, Archie Manning, Peyton Manning's father, that's yeah, a real Archie. And, um, what's her name? The comedian, um, Amy Poehler. Her oldest name is Archie. Oh. Or, oh, is, it, or is it Archibald? It's they, Archibald. And they call him Archie. They call him Archie. Exactly. But I... There's Archie Griffith. Yeah, but again, the name is going to pick up even more steam. Absolutely. So we'll have to see, see where that goes. And um, my, my whole thing is the child, more than likely, is going to get picked on anyway. Royal or no royal. It's going to be like, just like... Harry was, is literally like the red... He's not a stepchild, but he's redheaded, whatever. This child is going to be picked on in, in and outside of royal circles. So did they really have to name him Archie? Couldn't they have just pick the, you know, Steve? I mean, you're going to pick an unroyal name, you know, Steve, Steven. Well, it doesn't matter what <laughs> the child's name is, whether it was a boy or a girl. Like you said, it's going to... The child will be picked on, and it already has begun. When you look at the um, person in the BBC. Oh, yeah, this fool. I, I blacked out his the, name. Um, did the um, comic strip or whatever? Well, he re... I, I don't know if he retweeted. He did, he's not an illustrator. He, he put in his social media um, a, a joke that was out there, a cartoon that showed... And in fact, it had nothing to do with this. He captioned it. And it showed um, two people with a chimpanzee uh, walking the chimpanzee uh, out of a building, and he put the caption, you know, um, um, the royal royal birth is announced or something like that. So, I mean, it's a completely racist uh, caption, and just a stupid thing to do. You're a commentator for which, you know, like, like a news anchor and the like, and you're going to do something like that, and his excuse just made no sense whatsoever. I mean... The, he he was bounced pretty quickly. Well, yeah, like and should I be said, banned. He should be just be banned from TV from for being you know just clearly just stupidity. Like I said, the bad jokes, the racist jokes have They've already started, started sadly, yes. and they are going to continue. And I hope Archie, in the long run, will grow up to be above and beyond whatever comes his way. That may not that may be offensive. The the kid will be fine. I mean, cause look, just look at the genetics. I mean, Megan, let's who are who are his parents? We we know the whole thing about Harry and and how he was raised by Diana and everything else. And even though he was a wild child, he's clearly 
gotten past that. And he's, he's done, you know, um, Victus Games and all these other things. He's served overseas and, and really served not one of these like other royals in, in the UK and only. elsewhere. He's been in the military. What's that? In name only. In name, right, who served in name only. Yes, he was really there in the front lines. He could have been shot down in that, you know, at any time flying a helicopter. But so, so that's, that's the father. But you look at Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle is the child, and I didn't even know this until, because she, she'd been on Suits and everything else, but it wasn't until she dated Harry, it was all of a sudden it came out that when she was a little girl, she basically got P&G to change a product. Yeah. Single-handedly. Yeah, I remember, remember when that story came right. out. The kid will be fine. I remember the story, but I didn't know it was her. Didn't equate it with her. So the kid will be fine. You just look at the genetics. <laughs> and also he's going to grow up around, in and around the worlds and everything else. So um, he'll be resilient. He'll be fine. I'm not worried about that. And the, the haters are going to be out there. The haters will be there no matter what. Well, the haters are always there every day. Like you said, no matter what. Exactly. But anyway, um, welcome to the world, Archie. Yes, welcome to the world. And um, I guess the christening is coming up uh, at some point in time and every other thing that they do. And we'll keep you folks who are, you know, avid royal watchers apprised of developments as they warrant. Yeah, again, congrats to the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. And again, welcome to the world, Archie. Now we're going to get into our You Should Know segment. And because it's Mother's Day weekend, let's talk about animal adoption across species. Is that something that's rare, common? It's, it's actually, it's rare in the, in the wild. It occurs in the wild, but it's, it's very rare. And we'll get into the reasons for that. But actually... Among domesticated animals, it's relatively common for that to occur. And that's because of essentially the bonds that are developed while folks are together. So when you say bonds when people are, um, well not people, but when, when, the, when folks or species are together, um, do you mean... Just humans or... No, like dogs and cats and squirrels and so forth. Now, it's very, very... It's, it's, it's instinctual for adoptions to happen within a species. That's just woven into animal DNA. And there's actual technical scientific term for this called kin selection. So we're not talking that because that's not interesting. It just happens. So, for example, if there is a um, cardinal and, and the cardinal, baby cardinal's uh, parents, for whatever reason, don't make it, other cardinals are going to adopt that cardinal, as an example. Same with kittens and so forth. That's not interesting. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about um, dogs that are adopting cats, cats adopting dogs, and so forth. But because it's, this is this and that, and it's, you know, Brendan David... We're going to get even more interesting with what the animal pairings are. And as it turns out, as I said, it is, it is not that uncommon amongst uh, domesticated animals. So, give us an example. Well, one example, I, I would say, 
let's talk about, um, it's not domesticated per se, but the most famous one is Coco the Gorilla. And Coco the Gorilla was given a kitten, uh, and she adopted this kitten, named the kitten All Ball. Don't ask me why. And, and for those who don't know, Coco the Gorilla um, learned sign language and, and the like, and communicated new uh, thousand plus words and communicated with the keepers through sign language. So she told the keepers she named the cat All Ball. She signed, signed that. And she adopted the kitten All Ball, cared for it, and, and so on. And one day the kitten got away from her, ran out the cage, whatever, and got killed by a car. And she was very, very sad for quite some time. And that's just, you know, one example of that. You've had also um, the real-life Fox and the Hound up in Norway, if uh, folks know the Disney movie, which is one of the saddest Disney movies, I think it's the second saddest cartoon behind Charlotte's Web, uh, there's a real-life fox and hound, and um, the dog, I believe, was a German shepherd, and of course the fox was a fox. And, and there are other examples. There's been domesticate a uh, cat and a squirrel. There's been um, a pig and a lamb on the farm, and so forth. And also, I think our favorite is Mabel the Hen. Anyone oh, want to yeah. get into that? This is my favorite, Mabel the Hen. Now, this was um, a hen, like we said, and she was a, I guess, a babysitter for some puppies? I like to call her, she was the aunt, babysitting aunt. Okay. <laughs> she was the babysitting aunt for some puppies. And basically, uh, a, um, a dog, a Rottweiler dog, gave birth to some puppies. And when this dog would leave her puppies, Mabel... Because she was a hen, working dog. Yes. A Rottweiler. She just abandoned the puppies. Exactly. But Mabel the hen would step in and she would sit like she was sitting on some eggs. Sit on top of the puppies and keep them warm. Yes, uh, Mabel had been brought inside because she had broken her leg or something like that. So they brought her from that the hen house inside the house, and that's why she was there. And um, they had to keep this this going because she basically felt this overwhelming need to um, bond and nurture with these with these uh, pups. So that those are you know lots of different examples, and the the why does this happen? Um, they believe that. Like Mabel, moms, animal moms, might be more willing to adopt across species because if they've recently given birth, they have high amounts of uh, a bonding hormone called um, oxytocin, and that's you know flooding through their body, so they just start bonding across species as well. It just makes makes them do that. Um, also, what they've seen or what they've observed, and the scientists believe. The reason behind it, since they can't get inside the animals' heads, is that if there's a mutual benefit, then there'll be this kind of, um, uh, of adoption. And by mutual benefit, talking about helping to secure food and other kind of um, help with group protection, things like that. Um, an example of that was this um, group of sperm whales that adopted a deformed bottlenose dolphin. Apparently, they, they believe that there must have been a... Um, Either the, the dolphin was uh, hit by a, a boat or something, and that might have killed off school and its parents or whatever. 
but they the worm the, the worms the sperm whales adopted the dolphin and the dolphin helped them you know hunt and fish and find food because that dolphins are really good at that um, using their fins and basically um, corralling smaller kind of plankton finding things smaller fish etc so there seemed to be mutual benefit there that's what the scientists believe don't know don't know have enough facts to know if that was the only reason why because because both of those um, species are very high level intelligence mammals so there might be more going on there which leads me to the next reason why scientists believe this happens and it, it really comes under mutual benefit and that's like companionship but there's some, some scientists are saying sometimes companionship might just be enough because if it's a very very social animal like Coco the gorilla because gorillas are very social animals you know her adopting the kitten was enough because she got the companionship out of the you know taking care of the kitten and so on well I like to think companionship is enough because when you look at it from a human perspective companionship seems to be enough for humans to go out and adopt dogs, cats, birds, snakes, whatever, from um, animal shelters or go to a pet store and buy them. And that's across species. Is it not? Uh, that is indeed. That is true. All right. So I haven't thought I, of it in that way, but yes. I think companionship is more than enough. And I just love it when I hear these stories about animals, species, crossing over to a different species and taking in um, an animal that they will nurture. Do you think those animals will ever be taught sign language so we'll know the real reason? They won't be taught sign. They can't necessarily sign because they don't have fingers. But what's going to happen is, and, and there are scientists that are working on it, uh, at least for dogs, and that's uh, trans translator, like in Star Trek. So they're working on translating, you know, you'd have a dog translator and you'd know what the dog is saying, or more to the point, the dog would be able to communicate with humans. Well. Because I believe it's a one way, they're not, at least right now, they're not working on translating humans back to, to dogs. Well, one thing's for sure, more to come. Absolutely. Now we're going to get into our popular words of wisdom. And we don't have the money to pay the um, royalty fees for song lyrics. But like we said in an earlier podcast, from time to time, we will be reading lyrics from certain songs that we think fit into the words of wisdom for the episode that we are recording. And being that we're talking about Mother's Day, we thought we would do our favorite Mother's Day songs. And the one that I like is I'll Always Love My Mama by The Intruders, a popular R&B and soul group from the 60s and 70s. And just a little bit that I think I'll, um, I'll, I'll share with you from that song is sometimes I feel so bad when I think of all the things I used to do. Our mama used to clean somebody else's house 
just to buy me a new pair of shoes. I never understood how Mama made it through the week when she never got a good night's sleep. Talking about Mama, she's one of a kind. Talking about Mama, you got yours and I've got mine. Now, what these words mean to me, basically, is that Mamas have an, a capacity to love their kids no matter what, and they'll do what they need to do to make sure their families are taken care of. That's why we should always love our moms 365 days a year and not just the second Sunday of May. Yes, very good selection. Now, my selection, I went with uh, Shirley Caesar's No Charge. And again, this came out in the 70s. Don't remember exactly when. Um, essentially, just like a lot of Shirley Caesar's songs, it's, uh, she's a great storyteller. So I was telling the story about her nephew, or she put in the song, her sister's little boy, one day goes to her sister and presents her with a bill for all these chores that he's been doing and other things, you know, not causing trouble, costs all this stuff. And um, his mother essentially writes on the back um, the, the answer to this. And the answer, lyrically, we will read here. Let me read that. And it's, for the nine months I carried you, holding you inside of me, no charge. For the nights I sat up with and doctored you and prayed for you, no charge. For the time and tears and the cost through the years, there is no charge. And it goes on and on and on, talking about college and so forth and the like. And all of that is no charge, cost free. Lesson there is very simple. Um, mothers make a lot of sacrifices that we as children growing up, and sometimes in adulthood, take for granted. And one shouldn't do that. And reflect back on your life. Would you be where you are today if not for some of the sacrifices, you know, double, triple, triple shifts, jobs, etc., that, that your mother did, other things that uh, she did that had nothing to do with external uh, jobs, but really making sure you were on the straight and narrow. So that's why I think that's an excellent selection for Mother's Day. So how about you, our listeners, tell us which of these two songs you like. Go out to YouTube or your favorite music streaming device, look up the songs, listen to them, and send us an email and let us know which one you like the most. And where should folks email us? They should email us at this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. That's this, the letter N, that, at sign, aboutgreatercincinnati.com. That brings us to the end of episode 15. Yes, that brings us to the end of our special Mother's Day tribute episode 15. So again, happy Mother's Day to all the moms and mom figures that are out there. 
So what are we going to talk about on episode 16? Well, episode 16, that invokes images of Sweet 16, which is a huge seminal teenage event. So we will be having a youth and teen theme running throughout our next podcast. And people will just have to wait and see the specifics of that. Oh, I can't wait. So until then, all the best. Peace out. Bye, folks. You have been listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything about anything. This has been hosted by David and Brenda and is presented by AboutGreaterCincinnati.com. Music by Poddington Bear. Please subscribe to our podcast so that you can stay up to date about future episodes. If you have any comments or suggestions about this episode, future episodes, interested in sponsorship and or advertising, please email us at thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. All rights reserved. Thank you and all the best.